walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring, Kyle Bird. How we doing, everybody? How's everybody's week going? Huh? Pump day, bump day, uh, spooky season, huh? Right? Come on now. S-Z-N, right? Are you one of those people? Are you a hashtag spooky season person? If you are, shut this shit off because I don't want your listen. <laughs> uh, I hate the three-letter season deal. Am I an old man? Am I an old man for being mad at that? Uh, but th- three letters that I do not hate, <laughs> three letters that I love, are T N A. Total nonstop angle, huh? Is that a thing they do? I don't remember. Uh, Kurt Angle's here for T N A. Genesis, two thousand six. It is the genesis, not of Michael McGillicuddy, but it's the genesis of a new era. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, it really is though, because you know, if you've been following this podcast, you know, we started we started at a new era for this company when you know at Victory Road 2004, that was their first three-hour, you know, traditional pay-per-view. We've gone, we went through 2005 and we made it to the, the a new era of the Spike TV era, you know, around Bound for Glory 2005-ish. And we saw the changes that came with that, right? There are some guys that have just com- completely fell off. Like, when's the last time I brought up Apollo on this show? Or Sonny Siaki? Or, um, or you know, Shocker? Like, guys like that, right? They had guys they wanted to go with, and they went with them. We've seen the rise of Samoa Joe throughout the past year of TNA. Um, LAX... You know, the team of AJ and Daniels, like there's been a lot happening um, in 2005. But at Bound for Glory, the previous event, which, by the way, check her out in the archives. We talk about that. But at Bound for Glory 2006, we saw Jeff Jarrett lose the NWA world title to Sting. So Sting is the new champion and he will be defending against Abyss on this show, which is. I would have bet my bank account that Sting won this match. And I'm glad I didn't. (laughs) But more on that later. Also at Bound for Glory, we saw Chris Saban beat Senshi for the X Division title. And 
The X Division title has seen has seen a lot of flux since then because I should also mention we we talk about it a little bit on the podcast, but I'll really lay it out here. Um, TNA had a big prime time special uh, a week before this pay per view. They would be prime time going forward, but their first uh, prime time show was two hour show. It was a big show. Uh, well, it was a big show. And it was uh, headlined pretty much by a barbed wire steel cage match between Christian and Rhino. Christian won the match when Rhino speared him through the cage. It was a bunch of nonsense, but it was a bunch of fun nonsense, uh, which is TNA in a nutshell. But I, br- I was talking about the X Division title. So Saban was the champion coming out of Bound for Glory. Saban defended the title against AJ Styles a little bit after Bound for Glory. AJ beat Saban for the X Division title. And then in the primetime special, there was a triple threat match. AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Chris Saban, in which Christopher Daniels won and sets up a match. Also on this show, Christopher Daniels defending against Chris Saban. And AJ Styles, on the other hand, has entered a feud with Christian Cage. So we see AJ kind of transitioning into that heavyweight division. Well, he's kind of been there before, but I, I think for the pretty much he's he's left the X division, you know, pretty much forever at this point. So we get a lot. We get the naturals. We kind of see the downfall of the naturals. We get, you know, new iterations of characters. We see the pay-per-view D- debut of VKM. We got Raven's flock, whatever the hell he's calling it. I think it's like serotonin or some bullshit. But we see the seeds being planted for that. Um, the paparazzi's here. But more, most importantly, the reason you probably hit play on this bad boy. Genesis 2006 is headlined by Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. Kurt's debut pay-per-view match and the first match between Kurt and Joe. A dream match. Did it live up to the hype? Well, buddy, you're going to have to listen to the podcast and find out. But this was a fun show to cover, a fun show to talk about, a fun show to watch. But an even more fun show to discuss with my guest, Mr. Warren Hayes of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Returning to the apron bump. Always a good time with Warren. Um, You can check out Warren and his podcast live on YouTube every Tuesday night. Uh, talks about all of the major scuttlebutt going on in the wrestling world today. Does reviews of shows, you know, WWE, AEW, New Japan, Wrestling Society X. He does it all. He gets into a lot of the nitty gritty stuff. The subjects people aren't talking about, such as, you know, like some of the business side of wrestling. Um, you know, a lot of Japan stuff that you don't hear, you know, as many people talking about. Um, he gets into a lot of stuff and of course all the major, you know, the ratings, pal, the Tuesday night wars, pal, all that stuff. So, uh, but he does, he does a great job. So go check him out on YouTube live every night on Tuesdays. Like I said, um, of course you can check it out in the archives on YouTube as well. And wherever you listen to podcasts, all of his info in the description below, join his discord Join his OnlyFans. Do all of those things. Support the boy. A lovely chap. And I always, always good time with Warren. And uh, hey, maybe follow me too, huh? 
at Apron Bump on all the social medias, on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, give the video a like, give it a comment, give me a subscribe, give me a kiss on the cheek, a pat on the ass, and a tweedle on the nipples. Do all of those things to uh, to me and Warren uh, at the same time uh, while making eye contact. Do that. And hey, do you like TNA? Or hey, do you like listening to me talk about TNA with various podcasts? I talked about the journey that we've gone on, we've, that we've gone from 2004 through 2005 through 2006 was where we're at now towards the tail end of 2006. You want to go along that journey with me? Well, I suggest to you to go to apronbump.com and you can go to the episodes tab at the top and you can select TNA and that'll bring you to all of the TNA episodes that I've done so far. I've covered every single pay-per-view from their very first three-hour pay-per-view, Victory Road 2004, up through now, Genesis 2006. It's always a wacky ride, especially in this era. A lot of, a lot of throwing shit at the wall and missing the wall and hitting my mother. Like, that's a lot of what TNA is at this point. But there's also some good shit, some good feces. Um, but speaking of good feces, check out this episode, why don't you? TNA Genesis 2006 with myself and Warren from the Mr. Warren Hayes show. You're juggling too. You're juggling too many, too many. Uh, what is it? What do you juggle? Balls? I don't juggle anything. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're you're the juggler you over juggle? there. What what do we? You, you juggle uh, uh uh bowling pins? Did you say juggle balls earlier? Yeah, that's. I didn't really want to. I don't really like the crass talk. Really, this is kind of a this is a PG show. What? So I'd rather is you just. It? I think I think you should just chill out. Personally, so but when, uh, when did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Man. Well, we're already TNAing it up, but speaking speaking <laughs> of which. Oh man, TNA Genesis. Man, so you uh got a chance to check it out? Any 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 thoughts right off the bat? Um it was a fine show, I guess. Mm. You know, I think that <laughs> That's like, almost a, my exact. It was cool, it was fine. It was alright. You know, uh, but it's it's really one of these things where it's like, you know, come for the main event and stay for stuff. You know? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much like it's one of these weird mixed bags of 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 pro wrestling where you have there's really like a couple of things outside of the main event that you're like, oh, this is pretty fun. Like, this mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, but then, you know, TNA gets in its own way at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, but but. This, if I'm not mistaken, like this is one of the last shows or one of the first shows that Vince Russo had his fingertips in, right? We It's or, towards the beginning. One of the, right, yeah. Well, I, I couldn't quite remember if we were like, like mm-hmm. right on the border of or if he was involved in this one, right? But I do know like after this, now we start getting the power plays. Now we start getting Vince Russo trying to push mm. Uh, Jeff out and then he tries to then he starts taking over creative and then things really get bad you know yeah because there's a lot because they're still fo- you know they still focus well, but I, look we'll do the analysis as we go along but this is I guess this would be my legitimate thought the things that TNA were really 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 good at shine here mm-hmm. and the things that they were not or that they tried to be something else how about that the things in which they tried to be something else 
stunk. <laughs> it's, no, you're you're definitely Just as right. Simple as that. Yeah, and no, we are definitely in the midst of the Russo stuff. And even like this show particularly, I don't think really showcased that. But man, even like the impacts leading up to this and they kind of touch on it, like as far as the buildup goes, like barbed wire steel cage matches. And then they have a 10,000 thumbtacks match. And then the battle, the reverse battle royal. Abyss is here because he won a reverse battle royal, like all that shit. And then it just gets worse and worse. So, but. Like you said, the legacy, the legacy of the reverse battle royal, though, <laughs> it's tremendous. You, like what? <laughs> do you remember like the actual like how that played out at all? Yeah, mm-hmm. because it was the battle I'll royal. Let you walk us through it. Well, it was a battle royal to determine the seating for a tournament, which would then play out to, and then the winner of the tournament would face the winner of the reverse. But it was. Very convoluted way to get there. But honestly, like I do commend them and commend them in a way of like trying something new, like doing things kind of off course, even though not sure. everything's stuck. Even there's there's a lot of things in this show that are like that. But um, but yeah, on the whole, this show was solid. I mean, the, the tag division, TNA always had their tag division really good, probably better than any other company, especially at this point. Mm-hmm. Um then the X Division 2 is well represented here and Kurt versus Joe up top. So, I mean, from a card perspective, I mean, this is one of the better shows that I've watched so far. Um, did it meet expectations? I don't know. We'll we'll, uh, we'll walk through out. that. Yeah, let's let's journey along, shall we? <laughs> well, we open up here. First of all, the well, actually, first of all, let me ask you this. Did you watch TNA back in the day? Uh, sporadically, yes. It, oddly enough, it was at that time it was easier to get TNA than it was mm. when WCW was in its heyday, like around here, where in, in in my neck of the woods. So, so yes, you know, I was sort of hungry for an alternative. Let's put it that way. Right. Okay. So but you kind of you kind of knew what you were getting into then. So oh, like yes. oh yes 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 the, the the show opening up with the moon landing promo that whole stuff that was like yeah you you kind of figured it'd be something like that right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what I really liked about about the you know their bumpers, mm. you know, and I, and and we cleared this right. This is not necessarily a PG broadcast. No, but their bumpers that they'd have between you know the the, the matches and whatnot, you know, and they'd have like these glowing balls that <laughs> would have a, you know, glisten electricity in them, right? No, no, no. Listen to me. It's <laughs> if if you looked at them at ex- at the exact right angle, and I kid you not, and anyone who goes back to watch this. I, you will come back to me and say, you're right, Warren. They look like a two, two giant pairs of boobs because of how the light, how they, how they managed to do the 3D light reflection, you uh-huh. know, the, uh, just look like two huge white nipples at the, at, uh-huh. the, at the base of this. If you go back and watch it and I, I promise you now that I've told you, you can't unsee it. It's tremendous. I'll have to review like, the tape course. because that, that isn't necessarily, I was very distracted. <laughs> it didn't stick out with you? No, it uh, like the the loud audio of it because you know it's like they're showing the matchups as the the electricity noises mm-hmm. and then you can't really mm-hmm. see who's in the balls it's just so bright and loud and is they're doing a lot here but I don't know all I could see is uh you know just a big pair of boobs well I think you might Electric have been boobs. uh I think you might have been a little uh little fresh while you were watching this if if I do say so so <laughs> sure sure. <laughs> Well, getting a little frisky, maybe, maybe, perhaps, perhaps question. Do you think the show is as significant as the moon landing? 
Um, <laughs> close. At least close. I, look, I mean, <laughs> uh, we at least we know for sure that this show was taped in a studio, right? At least we... <laughs> That's the one thing we right. can be sure about. Yeah, that's one thing to have in common, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. With that. Me. We're like, hey, <laughs> no conspiracies here. <laughs> well, it's actually uh so I primed you for this show. I sent I sent this over to you. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be Joe versus Kurt. Gonna have some fun stuff. You turn this show on. The first thing you see is Maverick Matt. Thoughts? And, and no, 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 that's it. Like, I'm like. This, but that's pretty much it. I'm like, I'm stoked, Joe and and, uh-huh. and and Kurt Angle and the the you know the 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 win streak. And I'm like, oi, not only Maverick Matt, but the New Age Outlaws as well. That's right? not that's not I'm that's like, not who they are. Oh, the Voodoo Team Kin, Team Kip, Poutine, Team Kip and James, <laughs> James Kip. Yeah, Team Kip and James. That's what you actually nailed it right on the head. Good job. The Voodoo Kid Mafia, Mafia, Warren. I don't know if you noticed this, but their their initials are VKM. I think I'm just throwing this out there. This might be my tinfoil hat. Uh, It's the same initials as Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So I think it might be a play on that. Listen, this is. This is no, no. Why would you mention the other company on your show? Oh, sorry, sorry. You you know that this is not possible. Taking shots. You can't do this. Desperation. No. Yeah. No, I mean, they we're I'm talking about a guy, you know, called Michael, Michael, Michael Hickenbottom. Michael, who? I don't even know who that, who, who that dude is. Never uh, heard of him. Like, I think he was a chef at one point, but um, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But yeah, we just got. This is, I don't even know where to start here. So we got the team of, it's a two on three handicap match. We have the Voodoo Ken Mafia, of course, BG James, Kip James, against the team of Johnny Devine, Kazarian, and Maverick Matt. <laughs> a newly repackaged, by the way, this, uh, both teams actually, but the, the threesome here, they are, uh, they have the makeup on. Uh, I, I don't know, how would you describe their aesthetic here? Uh, I would look, um, lower end, uh, lower end, uh, 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 uh goth show freaks. How okay. About that? I like that. Uh, not, not bad. Not bad. You know, you kind of like, you know, kind of like the guys would hang around the, uh, the Jim Rose circus at the, uh, mm. you, remember the, you ever heard of that? The Jim Rose circus in the nineties. It was a traveling freak show. Yeah. Well, see, come on. First of all, I'm really old. Yeah. And when, when I, thank you. <laughs> Wise. <laughs> Wise. Yes. That's when you try to go and hit you, you hit on a girl at my age and said, oh, sir, you look so wise. I'm like, OK, well, <laughs> I'm moving on. You're, um, but um, no, it was a it was a traveling carny show that that uh, bearded lady uh, uh, um, type stuff. Yeah. Bearded lady, you know, you know, uh, you know, geeks that would, you know, put shit in their noses and all, you know. All I think stuff. they actually did this gimmick like five years after this, but but continue. But probably because it's all, yeah, it's wrestling is always too late on these things. Right. This is really in the in the nineties, and they, but it, like it was it was considered cool because they were like all in this grunge aesthetic, you know, which was really uh. really big in the nineties, you know, and they'd go to Lollapalooza and all that shit. And they actually came to my town uh way back then. Really? And uh, I made out with the bearded lady after the show. Lucky devil you. 
twirled your mm-hmm. uh, facial hairs? Any any tangles? No, I I I, I would uh, I shaved back then. I was a clean, right. fresh uh, baby face. Yep, man. So what a, interesting. What a, no, it was interesting. A lucky gal, that lady was. Uh, well, no bearded ladies here, unfortunately. Uh, just uh, well, just these guys. So basically, just, guy. <laughs> just kind of introducing these two new uh, entities, I suppose. It's essentially a squash match. You wouldn't think it, but the uh, the two in the t- three on two uh, gets the win here. VKM wins with uh, Billy Gunn hits the pedigree and tunes up the bands. Doesn't hit mm-hmm. the super kick, but he you know does that whole deal. Uh, Kip wins with the one and only slam. I don't know, maybe like two or three minutes. So basically. VKM wins, whatever, we're solidifying them, but this 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 group of misfits, this uh this this carny group here, they seem to be worthless without their great leader. <laughs> but lucky for them, he's here. Raven comes out. And uh, well, I guess this is later, but for all intents and purposes, it's like right after the match, they head to the back, but then they bring Kaz and Maverick Matt bring out Johnny Divine because he's the one that got pinned. Divine is blindfolded. He gets on his knees in the middle of the ring. And then Raven comes out in a white pinstripe suit. I don't know if he's going for Steve Harvey. Yes. And he's got the, the, the collar right up to here, right? He's got Interesting. This, this thing with the collar, like like that character in the old in the old bazooka comics. You know, the, the bazooka gum comics. Was I know what that is. How old do you think That's I am? He, um, <laughs> was this before I was born? <laughs> I'm a third. I'm I'm a wise thirty years old. But uh, oh, look at you! I do there remember bazooka. I don't remember these. Uh, yeah. I don't remember these. Ter- terrible candy. Just terrible gum. Yeah, you kind of. It really wasn't good. No, gum kind of sucked back then. You get the hard balls out of the quarter machine. It was. It was all a racket. It was a hard time. It was difficult. Yeah, but we made it through it. He made it through it. We did. And as Johnny Devine made it through this because he takes a caning from Raven here due to him losing. A lot going on here. And, and Raven just leaves then. And then Raven just leaves. Uh, listen, the, the, the best, first of all, the best part of the match was that it was uh, short. That's <laughs> the, really the best part of the match. Right. Second of all, uh, nothing says, hey, let's put over our guys by having the WWE guys come in and beat them two on three. Right. Mm. That's like, that's the, you know, cl- fantastic booking. Right. Um, wh- what would, what do you, what would, let's say this would happen today. Okay. They cut because yeah. they cut a very direct promo at the end, right? They're I getting, think trying to get <laughs> brother. I think we're around the cusp of this happening in AW with all the <laughs> with Listen, Tony yeah, Khan know, tweeting. Right? <laughs> we're getting a VKM in AW next week. <laughs> I guarantee it. But you know when you have when, when, when you know they they're they're in the ring and they're literally calling out Vince, Paul Levesque, and and Shawn Michaels. You know they're using he's you know they're using the shoot names and whatnot. How do you feel people would react today if that were to happen, right? Ooh. It's just like, but the thing is, like, what's the end game, you know? And that's oh, kind of well, the case that's, here. That's always the question. Like, because that's always the problem with, with, with shoot work, work, shoot angles, right? It's like, okay, well, how does this make money? How, what is the end game? How is this going to generate uh, uh, interest, money for your brand, right? If you're just standing around saying, 
We're taking the war to you guys. Tune in on Thursday. Vince, Paul, Michael. Mm. You're like, who cares? Like, what are we doing? What 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 is what's the excitement here? Because I'm completely with you. That's always the danger with these angles here. Is that it's just it at some point it just feels like a vanity project or going wink wink nudge nudge. Right. Smart fans, you know. I will say though, I do remember watching this as it was happening, and I remember being hooked by it. I like obviously it never led to anything. Well, but I remember being into it because especially in 2006, we're well beyond the Monday Night Wars. I mean, WWE's had the monopoly essentially for what four or five years at this point. Like you sure. said, hungry for an alternative, as many people were. This is kind of like a boom period for TNA. So I, I, I'm into like, you know, I, or like at the time I was into somebody calling out WWE and the potential of like, sure. oh, is there going to be cross promotion? Is there going to like, but again, it led to nothing. But I, I see like they're just throwing shit at the wall. And that's kind of what TNA did. But well, then that, yes, we're, we're, we're getting into that era of just trying anything out. We're, we're about to start it officially. Mm. Yeah. Yes. But if they did do it today, I think it'd be more, maybe more, maybe more plausible for it to lead to something. I still don't think it would, but I think I think people would be unreasonably angry. Oh and yeah. Just like you know, there'd be collective suicides and things like that. Oh, X would be unbearable. <laughs> but, uh, oh no! Yeah, no, it'd just be ridiculous. Like all these hot takes, they should not be mentioning. Oh, who cares? I love this cast. I love this. Like, I'm not even trying to say well, this was a bad idea. No, 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 contraire. I think we could use more of that in pro wrestling today, to be perfectly honest. I think it's great. I love this kind of stuff. I love chaos. They're at war. They're fighting with each other. They want they want the upper hand. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's let's, let's do it. I'm I love this stuff. Yeah. And you know, before this, nobody was caring about the James gang. So I don't know. Do something, BG and Road Dog. There you go. Red, that is Road Dog. Who gives a fuck? Um but there we go to JB backstage, Jeremy Borash, with uh, Shane Douglas and the Naturals. So they had been feuding with Team 3D, the Dudley Boys. Mm-hmm. But Team 3D had uh, ventured off to Japan for a bit, so they couldn't face each other on this pay-per-view. But the Naturals have the table that they put the Dudleys through the previous week. They got Shane Douglas yelling stuff. The Naturals. You a fan? No. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think these. No, no, no. I think they stink. It was like this is, you know, I natural brown haired natural and blonde haired natural, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's essentially it. They just melt together. No, I, I, I don't think they were particularly great. I, I, I could actually imagine them like traveling with, uh, with Shane Douglas, you know, and then you know, mm-hmm. them get. Mr. Douglas, would you like us to get you a coffee? Mr. Doug, you know, yeah, and, you know, and Shane pulling over at the gas stations, like, you know, fill her up. You hear you tossing 20 bucks and you know, fill her up and go get me a Coke or whatever. Right. You know, with the table all <laughs> all packed in, in the back of his, you know, of his Impala or whatever the hell, you know, whatever. That's probably what he whatever drives, the hell yeah. Shane Douglas was driving. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. B- big young boy energy from the naturals here. I will say, though. The first few years of TNA, the Naturals were great in the tag division. When they within they didn't have the Shane Douglas bullshit. It was them and AMW and Triple X and like they they had a good run. But unfortunately, this here is, I mean this this match here might be at the end because they're, they're in a match here. The Naturals, Andy Douglas, Chase Stevens, of course, uh, taking on the team of Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Boy, howdy! The more things change, right? the more they stay the same. 
Um, Lethal and Dutt both. Well, Lethal is more new, <clears throat> but Dutt's still kind of a lower tier guy in the X division that is starting to make a name for himself. And this match here, I mean, clearly the Naturals win it. And I think the goal here was to build the Naturals, but I think ultimately Lethal and Dutt came out looking better and probably had a lot more interest behind them than the Naturals. What did you think about it? I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the match itself, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really have. We have to. We have to talk about the finish though. Do we have to? This is probably. This is one of the probably the greatest finishes in the in the history of Please. pro wrestling. Lay it out for me. So so, I don't know. Natural blonde. Okay. Chase Stevens. <clears throat> have some damn respect. Thank you. So natural blonde, not that this finish, natural blonde picks up, he picks up Sanjay into a powerbomb position, right? Then natural dark was supposed to, was supposed to, he was supposed to come off the ropes, right? And drop kick Sanjay into the powerbomb, right? Like follow through. Doomsday device. Instead, instead they were totally out of position and natural dark ends up drop kicking natural blonde in the back okay Uh dut falls on top of natural blonde right but since this was the finish blonde hair but the natural blonde like turned him over and covered him anyway because that was supposed to be the finish well here's where you're wrong tremendous here's here's where you're you're wrong so you thought that natural dark was trying to kick sanjay dut however their move is natural dark kicking natural blonde to increase the momentum of the power bomb. Now you might mm. think, oh look, a power bomb's coming. Natural blonde decides reverse power bomb, puts him the other way. So not only does he have the momentum behind him, he, it's a miss miss uh, misdirection uh, kind of maneuver here. So they're kind of just playing chess, whereas you're you're over there playing checkers. I think is the thing. So. Okay, clearly I am not on the level of the naturals. You're not, you're just not like in the lore. Instinct. You're not familiar with the lore no. of the naturals. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. Wait, wait. Well, there's a lot of you fucked up chants after the match. <laughs> <laughs> See, even the, you know, even the audience were befuddled by what they saw. They oh. believed. That <laughs> they were thoroughly whelmed by this match, I think. Yes, they were quite whelmed. Well, <laughs> so much for the naturals. But hey, Lethal and Dutt are here, and that's fun. And they will, uh, they're still here. 2023 <laughs> still as good i would say probably maybe better no, yeah, I don't know. lethal's a, lethal's a he's a super solid pro wrestler you know yeah uh, and uh sanjay well you know i i don't know if sanjay has aspirations to wrestle anymore but he's uh still very much a personality and i, yes. I enjoy the work as his pencil all that stuff there you go that's all you need well what are your thoughts on team canada warren <laughs> they're not here uh, they're, but but one one mem- one former member is what what, what you, uh, like are we talking specifically about pd williams yeah pd but more <laughs> more so just you know team canada being represented a1 johnny divine scott damore you know him eric young bobby rude but, i mean they yeah they they've always been fine i guess you know it's it's important to tna lore all right, you know, sometimes look, I, 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 it, it's, it's, I find it's different. Like for at least for me, 
uh, as opposed to American fans, you know, when you do the Team USA and the USA, USA chants that permeated wrestling oh. for years, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I remember going to a show, you know, here again in town, you know, like I'm, I'm in Canada and, it, and and you have Hacksaw Jim Duggan who comes to the ring. It's a house show, you know, and he starts stomping everywhere and everyone in the, in the arenas chanting USA, USA. And I'm like 11 years old and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we chanting USA? So, you know, the, 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 the uh, you know, the, for me, the, 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 um, uh, the, I guess the nationalistic feel, you know, stuff, it never really did anything to for me. But, I mean, Eric Young, Pete Williams, fantastic wrestlers, Bob Roode, you know, the, the combination worked and I liked it. They could have called themselves, I don't know, uh, the great bald beard guys. That's a great name, actually. That does really, yeah. really good. They probably should have went with that. Yeah. Maybe if anyone wants to use it, it's a freebie. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, um, I can see the merch. Yeah, but you know, but you know, if you're if you're asking me, did you like like the the stable? Oh hell yeah! Like, but you were from Canada. Oh, who cares? You didn't have the jersey. You weren't waving the flag, doing the hand on your no. heart deal. Okay, I, I thought it was the just- one. The one time that it really got to me was Brett and Sean when Brett decided to lean into mm. the anti-American stuff. That's because I thought that was brilliant and it, it, it was a lot of fun and it was really different, right? Local babyface, uh, uh, Bret Hart, that was tremendous stuff and it solidified him as a, as a hero here in the country at the same right. time, right? Uh, like everyone in the country knows who Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's just a, that's just a thing. Um, and you, and, but yeah, yeah. You just love anti-American uh, stuff, which is well known. Well, I mean, everybody knows. Yes. So. Oh no, of course, that's part of my brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot of that on this show to touch on, but I bring up Team Canada because oh. you know Petey Williams is here, and uh, he he was uh, kind of brought into the fold by LAX, the Latin American Exchange. They were going to burn an American flag, and they brought Petey because yeah, you're not American. You're down to desecrate a flag. Petey's like, sure. They bring him along. They give Petey the blowtorch, and Petey's like, hey, mister, I'm not as mean as you. So he punches all of them, and then he gets his ass kicked, because there's three of them. Um, but more on that later, I suppose. I guess. No one said Canadians were smart. <laughs> you do drink milk I mean, out of bags, so, you know, doesn't seem efficient I, to me. No, this is the... Oh, no, hang on a second. Huh? I will stick up for bags and milk. Sell me on bags Any friggin' day of the week. It is... It is actually most of, more efficient. Yeah. You can actually you can actually transport more milk in one vehicle by putting them in bags than putting them in cartons or jugs. How often are you transporting we, milk? My, I, myself, zero. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, don't tell me you have milkman up there. From well, no, not anymore, which okay. is a shame. But but no, but they still have to trans. You know, there's. They still have to transport from the distribution centers to the to you know from the producer to the distribution center to the uh, uh, friggin' um, um, grocery store. Yeah, carbon footprints are minimal with bags. Right. It, I I'm just stating facts here, brother. That's how we keep the costs down. That's why milk doesn't cost ten dollars a gallon. I don't know how much it costs in the U.S. To be perfectly no, honest, yeah. but but <laughs> I don't drink milk. <laughs> just, <laughs> Um, but I get straight from the they, tap. Honestly, you know? <laughs> what were you saying? It is it is the most efficient way 
to consume milk. It keeps it keeps prices down. It is less costly to, uh, to, to to transport. So and and at the same time uses less gas, less gas, less emissions, less min, less emissions, less emissions. Better for the environment. Again, Canada's figured it out. Okay, but you reach into your fridge. You want a bowl of cereal or, or poutine or whatever the hell you guys eat up there. You need some milk with it. Oh, yeah. oh yes, milk on my poutine, yes. You, you, you grab it. <laughs> don't don't pretend like that makes it more ridiculous, okay? You, you grab your milk. <laughs> you unzip it. What do you do with it? Do you have to... No, you snip the tips. You snip the tip. I'll snip your tip. You know, oh, well, my tip's already snipped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Really, you're, 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 you're 49 years too late, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of circumcised, we got two fellows that, I don't know, probably circumcised. We got Christopher Daniels, the X Division champion versus Chris Saban for the X Division championship. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. So uh, two legends. I mean, two, I mean, two guys that define the X Division here. Uh, I had a lot of expectations going into this match, and I think this was kind of here to set up future stuff, as were like most of the stuff on this card, I think. But mm-hmm. a solid match. I think the dynamic might have been better had because Christopher Daniels is a babyface and Saban is a new heel. So they're trying that out. I think if the dynamic was switched, it might have been better. But I thought I it was solid. So I thought it was solid. What do you think about it? I really liked the match actually uh, as well. I thought it was very, very good. And uh, no, and 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 and. I thought babyface, and I thought I thought heel Chris Sabin was weird. Actually, yeah. like I, I don't feel it comes very naturally to to him. Uh, but yeah, you know, you try stuff out. Some things work, some things don't. But as far as the match went, I thought this was. Uh, uh, I thought this was tremendous. I thought it was very very good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was. Uh, it, it was a good palate cleanser for the first uh, to get rid of the first uh, right. couple of matches. <laughs> For real, I really yeah. Liked it. No, I agree. Yeah, and coming out of Bound for Glory, which is the previous pay per view, Saban beat Loki to become the champion. Um, but on Impact, they had their uh, it was like two weeks before this, one week before this. They had their prime time special on Spike. Um, it was a two hour show, big show. So they wanted to represent the X Division as as much as they could. So they had a triple threat match. It was Saban, AJ, and Daniels. Actually, no, this is a few weeks before this. Actually. AJ and Saban were in the tournament to determine the number one contender for the world title. But there was also an X division title match in which AJ beat Saban to become the champion. And the following week on the primetime special, it's a triple threat match in which Daniels was included and Daniels ended up winning. And that's how it kind of AJ and Christian started. So a lot of hullabaloo to get here, but Saban also has been disrespecting uh, X division pioneer, Jerry Lynn, which you incredible can't do that. So you, you, you really can't do that. He has a lanyard. You got to respect I, I, him. And I like it. You know, he just, you know, just, uh, I'm trying to remember the, he, he, they, they wanted him to shake hands. Right. If I'm not mistaken at the end. And you, for a minute, you thought mm. Saban was going to do it, but he didn't. Yes. Right. But it wasn't, but Jerry Lynn hadn't arrived at that point. I don't think. Right. So I'll I t- don't remember. I'm sorry. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through it. So, we have the match is good. I mean, it's like the greatest hits. You have Saban with the hesitation drop kick and Daniels doing all of this, you know, STFs and his BMEs and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, first of all, I think they botched the finish because Saban was going for a cradle shock, had Daniels on his shoulders. Daniels counters into a crucifix pin, which looked very much like a three, but the ref did not count it as a three. 
but then they just did a roll up right after it and it was a three. So I think that the crucifix so, yeah. is supposed to be a, it's whatever. It looked fine, I guess. Um, so Daniels wins, retains the title. Uh, Saban goes out to grab a chair because he's pissed. But Jerry Lynn comes out and to try to stop it. He's like, come on, Saban. Yeah. You're better than this. This is the X Division, uh, Code of Honor, etc. And then uh, Saban gets pissed at Lynn and they start, you know, jaw jacking. And Jerry Lynn takes off his lanyard because, you know, he's an, an official or a coach, or whatever the hell. Takes it off, throws it on the ground. Now he's a wrestler. I guess that's what that means. And that's how it works, actually, in real life and in anything. Oh. Just get rid of your get rid of your credentials and you right. can fight anyone. Well, that's good to know. Take notes, folks. Just, yep. Trust me. I'll try that out at work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but Jerry Lynn tries to make them shake hands. Saban and Daniels. They shake hands. Jerry Lynn's like, job's done. Let me skedaddle. But as he turns his back, Saban hits the cradle shock on Daniels and saunters away, not saunters. He kind of gets out of there pretty quickly, uh, but Jerry Lynn's pissed. And uh, I guess I don't know if we're building to a match between Jerry Lynn and Saban, but Jerry Lynn's still very much in his, I mean, I think he becomes ring of honor champion like the following year. So he's still in his, you know, wrestling phase of his career, but um, yeah, I thought it was a, a solid little angle at the end there. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I, I, I enjoyed this. I think that I, it was good. You know, if anything, I thought, I, you know, I, this was, I would have probably added a couple of minutes on the match because I thought the guys were really starting to cook yeah. when, when we got to the finish. But other than, like, I enjoyed it. Solid match. That's kind of a running theme throughout this show. There was, like, a lot of matches uh, that I think had another gear to them. But mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. I guess we'll get into it. Uh, but before that, we got to talk about my favorite thing going on in TNA right now at this point. It's Kevin Nash. In the X Division. Mm-hmm. The, pi- the X Division pioneer, Kevin Nash. Pioneer, yes. So the paparazzi is uh, Kevin Nash, Alex Shelley, and Austin Starr. Some may know him as Austin Aries, but I know him as Austin Starr. So they got the camera. They got all the hullabaloo. And, you know, Kevin Nash, she says, guys, I need, I need 90% from you guys tonight. Not 100. That'd be, you don't want to blow your load. Just, just give me 90%. Um, and then they proceed to... Um, do something that I actually have a clip here. Um, I, w- I would like to get your expert analysis on on the following. Yeah, 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 not a lot of people know this, but this actually originated uh, in uh, in 1972 oh. uh, with a giant Baba and uh, and Antonio Inoki. Actually, right. uh, this would be uh, their very private routine that they would do uh, to to warm up for the match. Now I know what all you sickos are thinking, right? Yeah, oh yeah, you know who you are. Yeah. But if you laugh at this, you are actually laughing at. The history of professional wrestling. Disrespectful. Absolutely disrespectful. This is serious You're probably business. thinking, yeah, it, it, it is. Ter- yes. Especially when we start talking about Japanese pro wrestling. Right. Then you get, it's no more fun in games. No more chuckles. Strong style. Very serious. Very serious. Anokiism. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was actually the basis of. <laughs> that's how it was created. Huh? That's how it was conceived. Well, the, you, that's how that's how it came to him. That's how it came to him. He says, <laughs> he 
Mr. No. Warren Hayes, folks. I, thank you for being here. <laughs> well, hand fucking aside, <laughs> we got. Um, by the way, I hope people like listen to this on like a Bluetooth speaker or something. It's just very loud, and like there's significant others in the next room, and they just they're in laws. <laughs> there's no way to explain it either. There's oh, they're just the uh, hands shaking very loudly. No, this can't. What can't. are you watching? What are you watching, Dan? You want to marry my girl? <laughs> what are you watching, Dan? I just gave you your blessing last week, and now you're. This is what you're doing to me. I'm just warming up. Had I known, just warming up, <laughs> Steve. Well, we got <laughs> the hand fuckers, paparazzi, the team of <laughs> Alex Shelley and Austin Starr versus the team of Lance Hoyt and Ron Killings. The truth. So very interesting, interesting versions of wrestlers that are pretty much all wrestling today. I don't know if Austin Aries mm-hmm. is still wrestling, but what, what were your thoughts? Just seeing these iterations of all of these guys. What, I mean, what, what look, was your thoughts? super baby Alex Shelley was something spectacular that was in and about itself. That was oh yeah, wild to me. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, seeing look Lance Archer today versus Lance, Lance Hoyt in 2006 is like, like you could not have two completely different versions of the same man. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's like they're both tall. Don't get me wrong, but it's two completely different things. Uh, and um, but you know what? I it was it was fun to see Ron Killings. You know, in this this career prime that he had. Right? He 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 had just recently been right world champion. If I'm not mistaken. yeah, it might have been like two recently. three years before this, but semi recently. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this is not a great spot for him. Like, you know, we're not, he's not, you know, main event yeah. in anything. Gatekeeper at best. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's not, you know, he, he, he's not in the, in the prime anymore, but still really interesting and really interesting to see that he's the guy probably closest to still doing that thing today. Right. Yeah. My still very more serious back then. Like, right. You know, when I say today, how? When's the last time he's been on WWE television, right? When's I think he got injured. Uh, but like even doing goofy shit. Or yeah, whatever, it was NXT like, stuff. Yeah. It was, yeah, whatever. You know, uh, it, it's been a while, you know. So, of course, now he leans a lot more into the comedy because he understands mm-hmm. his, you know, he understands his spot. And he knows, well, just got to keep myself over. So this is what I'm going to do. It's fine. Yeah. But um, the theme song and everything. It's Same still, one. Uh, same one. Same aesthetic. Same. I mean, he could still go when he, I mean, maybe not quite as, uh, maybe not quite as spry as he was here, but I mean, he could still go when he, when he wants to. Spry's a good word. Yeah. Maybe to your, to your point, he knows when to turn it on and when to, uh, just go for the chuckles, which, you know, I mean, there you go. people, people pay to see that in the old dub and the fed as they say. In so the fed. we got, uh, of course, Kevin Nash is here on commentary to, uh, Watch the fruits of his tutelage out there, Alex Shelley and Austin Starr. Uh, and Nash on commentary, first of all, the match. I mean, there's nothing to this match, but Nash on oh commentary. God, yeah. <laughs> it was, I have no notes on the match itself. There is just, no, no, uh, no, no, no. There's nothing to note. But, but Nash is looking to inject personality into the X Division. And we see that, I think, very soon after this, with like Black Machismo and maybe some others I'm forgetting, but we've seen it with Austin Starr. I mean, he came in as Austin Aries and kind of just got lost in the shuffle, but now he's got the tassels, the glasses, the sparkles, and Alex Shelley, pretty similar deal. So 
I do like Nash's involvement here in the X division because it can get, you got a lot of just good wrestlers. It's, you know, let's, let's throw some personality. Let's get some, you know, um, dramatic kind of characteristics on some of these guys, even if it's a little goofy at some points, but the match itself, I mean, it's, is what it is. Um, there's some you screwed Brett chance at Earl Hebner, which I'm sure you were all about. So you're probably oh, joining in. Oh, Earl Hebner could never eat for free in Canada ever. <laughs> Poor Earl. He didn't do anything wrong. He's just doing what he was told. Oh, he was doing to what he was told until he started selling bootleg t-shirts out of the trunk of his car. Well, what would you do? Not that. Nah, I guess. I guess there are other <laughs> options. Now that you've... There's a, there's a couple of other things you could do, like continue just working and do holding on to your good cushy job. That's all. Yeah, well, I mean, he zigged when you would have zagged. So sure, fair. Uh, we get uh, Star and I mean it's it's weird calling him Star. Aries does all of his stuff, you know, the low pay, and you got Shelly doing the work in the leg of Lance Hoyt. You know, Shelly does a frog splash on his leg. He's a tall boy, so it makes sense. Uh, but the finish comes because they got the little tripod with the camera on top of it ringside. Alex Shelley wants Austin Starr to uh, film what he's about to do. But as Starr has this camera, he's getting it set up. Lance Hoyt rolls up Alex Shelley in the ring for the win. And it's all on camera. My God. My God. Uh, so Hoyt and Killings win. And they dance away and the paparazzi's in shambles. So yeah. Must be really hard to try and get uh tape from TNA then for your sizzle reel if you have to bring your own cameras ringside and then get your tag team partner yeah. to shoot you, right? There's probably tons of paperwork you had to go through. I don't know. Maybe Jeff really just didn't want to part with any tape at all. I don't know. They got the budget's <laughs> tight, man. They just got that. Kurt Angle. I mean, there's not a lot of not a lot of money, Fair. not a lot of disposable income. Maybe that's true. That's true. Perhaps, perhaps. Well, <laughs> more on that. Maybe, eh, probably not. But after that, we got AJ Styles taking on Christian Cage. We two guys still going today. Uh, Christian probably more yeah. well Christian a lot more prominently today uh, than AJ, but AJ's still going at it. And uh, honestly, I mean, up until recently, I would I would say this is Christian's best run of his career. But I think today he's making a, a case for the stuff he's doing now. I don't know what are your thoughts. I mean, the stuff he's doing now compared to the stuff he was doing back at, at in this time period. I mean, what do you think? What did you prefer? I guess. Well, listen. Uh, here's. I think you cannot have one. You cannot have today without back then. How about that? Oh, I, I think deep. because watch. Here's the thing is that watching because he cuts a promo, right? He cuts a promo, uh, a backstage promo before uh, and and his match. Everything he does today is legitimately an extension of what he was developing for himself back then in TNA. Mm-hmm. It's really just a natural progression like he's no longer like uh, you know he's not uh, doing goofy things and play you know doing kazoos and all that stuff mm-hmm. he so when you see him today just older wiser more like, legitimately a fine wine as opposed to what he was Agreed. back then it, his work is today is polished it's it makes sense it's brilliant i i i I, I am thoroughly entertained 
by by Christian Cage like for ever since he started ever since he started his heel run in AEW but you look at this here and you're like uh, it's just an extension like we could not have Christian Cage today being as fantastic as he was if it wasn't for the work he did in TNA mm-hmm. which was arguably fantastic as well you know I don't know if it's as, as much a question of which do you prefer I think they're just like natural progressions of each other no yeah for sure i mean they're not drastically different but to your point it's just a more polished version of it today it's just confident poised you know it's Mm -hmm. like just mm, i don't have to say all that much i know how to turn it on my charisma is very natural yeah you know and, and 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 his charisma is so great and understated you know like edge always had a very bombastic form of charisma right whereas Christian Cage has always been, it's more, it's more streamlined. It's more contained, like pulling it out when he, when he needs to, and then pulling it mm-hmm. back, like much more methodical in his use of it. He just has a very hateable face, I think is what oh, it that, is. Oh, yes. Yes, that too. He just has the natural abilities to be a dickhead and it serves him well. <laughs> That's for sure. mm-hmm. Making a lot of money off of it. Sheesh. Yeah. Well, Christian's here fresh off of his feud with Rhino. We brought up the, uh, barbed wire steel cage match earlier that was the week before um which was a great feud and it really kick-started christian's heel work and because he he had he been he was just about to be a full year with tna at this point if i'm not mistaken yeah right? it was genesis 05 when he debuted oh right but genesis 05 was in november was this in november this was in uh, november right yes yes november. so okay so it had been a year yep. Okay, pretty much exactly a year and he had spent a lot of the time as a baby face, and, and that's just kind of been a theme throughout his entire career. Like he's he's fine as a baby face, but god damn it, he just th- thrives as a heel. And it's tremendous. We're seeing it here. AJ Styles, of course, the uh the most prominent. I mean, he he is TNA at this point. He's he's the guy that differentiates the company. Like he's a part of that whole movement. And um very fresh feud here. AJ kind of brought it up earlier with the tournament. Christian cost him a match. So now they uh, now they're at odds here. Um, it's kind of just like an all star match of sorts just two two of the biggest names in TNA at this point. So um, first time ever, of course, I think Christian's undefeated at this point. I could be wrong on that, but so good stuff in mean, the, the atmosphere. You have the dueling chance in the beginning. So it was a great atmosphere. I will say, though, this match felt very short. It felt like they were just again, just starting to cook. And then it kind of ended, but with the angle that ended up happening afterwards, I think, I think I was fine it with it. Sense. But um, I don't know what you what you think about this one. I'm I'm completely with you. I thought this was really really good. Um, you know, Styles, and that's another thing, right? Is like is Styles still going today, and we all we all have fond memories of AJ Styles. But when you mm-hmm. really go back and you watch how nimble and just smooth. <sighs> Oh, Jesus, he's so good. You know, just the very basic stuff that he does is just tremendous. Everything he does. And in the meantime, you know, Christian Cage being wily and opportunistic, you know, he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, he's just like, oh, you're going to do this. I'm just going to move out of the way kind of thing. And you're like, yeah, that's how I'd wrestle. I wouldn't wait there for (laughs) you to fall on me. I just like move. Yeah, that's it's tremendous. Uh, This was very good. I. yeah, I it, I wouldn't want to say it's my match of the night because I think it would be disrespectful, but uh, mm. it's really up there. I really enjoyed it. You're more of a Lance Hoyt and R-Truth kind of guy. 
as far as your match of the night. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, uh, bl- natural blonde and natural <laughs> dark did it for me. Yeah, you're Jeez, right. I mean, with their That's innovative right. finishing moves. Holy smokes, They're, pal. Uh, setting the world on fire, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Everything AJ does is just so like impactful, like the drop kick. He does. It's like, he tries to kill you with everything he does. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but like you said, so smooth and Christian, same deal. But the finish comes when uh, Christian, he grabs a chair to swing it at AJ, but Daniels, who is uh, a buddy of AJ, former tag champion with AJ comes out to grab this chair from Christian Christian's in the ring. Daniels is inside the ring. They're, they're doing a tug of war deal with this chair. But as AJ tries to roll up Christian in the ring, Christian holds on to this chair that Daniels is holding a lot going on here. So basically Daniels is kind of indirectly preventing AJ from rolling up Christian. And then Christian's able to you to let go when he wants to, and then drops down and rolls up AJ to counter it. And Christian gets the quick win out of nowhere. So Christian wins kind of, uh, again, indirectly due to Daniels. And at least that's how AJ perceives it, because then you have a whole pull apart between AJ and Christopher Daniels. They're scuffling, getting really hot, really sexy between the two. Then Rhino (laughs) comes out, the voice of reason. Uh, He's like, hey, yes. I don't know what involvement he has in this, but he's like, he even says he's like, look, I I don't normally get into other people's business or however Rhino talks. Uh, And then (laughs) AJ was not too pleased with this. He says, I don't forget what exactly he says. Well, thanks, Dr. Fail or something like that. And then he storms off very, very, uh, very out of character for AJ to be so rude to somebody. In the most Georgian accent, too, right? Like, well, thanks, Dr. Phil. And then he walks out. It's just fantastic. That, that's, why, that's why Vince never really let him talk all that much. You know, like, yeah, it's you tremendous. Know. Tremendous stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think Rhino was just like, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, I'm one of the vets. I'm a vet. I'm going to yeah. come keep you hotheads, you know. I suppose. I'm going to come cool you hotheads down. We need a we need a, a unified locker room, whatever. You know, I think he was just cut the malarkey, says Rhino. Cut the malarkey. I think AJ probably would have uh, received that better. Maybe probably. Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe he would have been he would have been a little more keen to shake in the hand. Then I yeah, think so. I, agree. I think so. Uh, but yeah, kind of just sparking because I know AJ would eventually turn heel and join up with Christian. I forget where exactly in the timeline that happens, but I'm assuming is kind of the seed being planted here but uh we'll we'll get into that i guess long tights aj on the way folks uh but boy howdy up next we got the nwa world tag team titles on the line the champions lax the latin american exchange the team of hernandez and homicide taking on america's most wanted the team of chris harris and james storm america Warren. okay America. Oh, I've been told, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. ho, ho, you know what I'm saying? So, um, oh, listen, nothing, <laughs> nothing says more America than America's most wanted being accompanied by a Canadian of Korean descent. Like, right. This fantastic. Right. Right. Uh, did you catch what James Storm said in his promo before the match? God, yes. <laughs> There's so much. He said so much. 2006, folks. What a time. Uh, well, listen, to be fair, he did say 
the First Amendment protects you against the government, but not against us. So I'm like, now this, James Storm should hit up Twitter once in a while and, <laughs> and, and remind some people. Look, I have one of the meatiest meathead pro wrestlers, James Storm, mm. telling me exactly how freedom of speech in the United States works. I'm like, okay, I'm impressed here. Not going to lie. But yeah. then he makes fun of minorities for like 30 seconds straight. And uh, well, it's tremendous. I mean, he doesn't make fun of them. He just tells them what they're good at. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. And Gail Kim is like right there. You know, it's tremendous stuff. Hey. It, it, it is it is absolutely brilliantly clueless. I love it so much, <laughs> Kyle. It's it's brilliant stuff. Yeah, she didn't have a dog in this fight, I guess. So it's yeah, y'all mm. y'all fight amongst yourselves. That's fine. But Gail Kim did get uh brutally powerbombed by hernandez so i think no uh, yes well she 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 has she has a personal ven vendetta if anything but probably the whole politics of the thing is mm. like over her head perhaps that knocked care. the racism into her maybe <laughs> you ever think about that uh is that how it works come to think of it yeah you just you, one too many shots to the head and like boom I hate it. Yeah, like you get amnesia, like you forget who your mother is sometimes. Boom. So oh. what you're saying, here's what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe racists just need another bonk on the head to become okay. And maybe we just yeah. need to hit them some more. Different angles, perhaps. Yeah. Mm. Level them out. It's chiropractic, uh, but in the head. You know? All right. I'm, I'm on board with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out a couple of times. All you're good for is swimming and drywalling, he says. Fix my garage. It's James Storm. It's not me. I hate that, that now it's just a clip that's out there, but um, <laughs> please nobody take that out of context. Um, you not only cross the border, you cross the line. He, as he tips his cowboy hat. America. All that stuff. So. Um, while having a beer <laughs> that's what we do down here that's all we do is drink beer and hate Mexicans so um, uh, you know we have free health care yeah well Sorry. tomato that's tomato that's all we have and you have bags of milk but <clears throat> we have a tag team match here obviously LAX their, uh, their characters rooted in <clears throat> the ongoing immigration stuff in the US and how they're I mean, they often make some decent points here, but uh, maybe maybe they're a bit rough around the edges and, and spreading their message, uh, you know, calling everybody gringos and white boy bitches or whatever the hell. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? It's kind of relevant, <laughs> very relevant today with uh, the Juice Robinson stuff and the quarters. What are your thoughts on like using these controversial like race related subjects in, in, in the uh, avenue of pro wrestling? Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing, right? Look, it's. Uh, Pro wrestling, even before, even before this period here in the 2000s and whatnot, you know, it's always been very, uh, has always been very exploitive of, uh, you know, race relations, minorities, uh, mm -hmm. vulnerable groups. You know, we can, uh, it's been used up and down and uh, for the sole purpose of getting over, right? In whatever way, shape or form, it's to get a reaction, get people over. That's mm -hmm. what it's for. That's what pro wrestling is about. So these topics you know, like this one here, or maybe even, you know, something that requires finesse, like 
the role of quarters thing. You mentioned it with MJF and mm-hmm. Juice Robinson. These are topics that require a certain form of finesse where it's like people will always say, well, they talk about it in other shows. Yeah, but in other shows, the target isn't necessarily to get someone over for a pop, you know? Yeah. So we have this history in pro wrestling. Like, I understand why people push back on these things because a lot of times they were distasteful. They weren't necessarily great. And when you have the baby faces being, you know, cutting promos where they're talking about, you know, Mexicans doing menial jobs... Well, it's not necessarily great. It doesn't look good. So, you know, we, I can understand the pushback. I can understand why people don't like it because we don't, because pro wrestling is not meant to treat these subjects with finesse. Mm-hmm. It's meant to blunt force it into your face so that the baby face or the heel will get over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I get. I mean, I agree. And I think if they're trying to establish an antagonist, I think it's effective. At 2006, I mean, you have AMW. You said it like be in the same way, but the opposite direction. I don't know if that that's yeah. the best course of action. Um, Maybe a little weird. But no, they're American. That's their thing, I guess. But um, but match itself, I thought it was a good match. I thought um, I think Hernandez really shines. He's like. He's such a like a beast in there. I think the Cracker Jack, how he throws people and just tosses people around is just insane. I mean, AMW, probably the, the most significant tag team in uh, TNA history. So there was a lot of good stuff in this match, I thought. Uh, ultimately, uh, AMW goes for the death sentence on Hernandez. But her, uh, I think Conan distracts the ref or whatever the hell. Homicide grabs the blowtorch that they were going to use to light the flag on fire, hits James Storm, I believe, I don't know, one of the AMW guys, and uh, this gets the win for LAX. So uh, LAX retains here, and there's, there's a bit of a bit of a rendezvous afterwards, but thoughts on the match itself? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Uh, I didn't, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it, it, it didn't get me up and down, but I, you know, I can't complain about the work. See, I, I, I thought... Homicide really had a, a really shined here, and I I mm. feel like he was working a, a type of match that neither neither uh, Storm or Harris were really ready for or were used to. Mm. Uh, you know, he you know he the, the homicide was much more well traveled, works in a lot of places, and didn't necessarily like train under the 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 style that would get you on television, if you know what I yeah. mean. Uh, so, you know, you could, you, you could see that sometimes he was trying some stuff out and the guys were selling. I mean, I'm not saying that it was a disaster, but you could tell that it wasn't quite as flowing or as natural. Bit of a style clash. Know, I, yes. And a homicide as well. Wasn't he like on the cusp of a ring of honor champ world championship run? Wasn't this on uh, the cusp? It was of? close. Yeah. I'm not sure when exactly, um, but yeah, it's, it's about that time. So we get we're getting prime homicide and prime homicide was really mm-hmm. good. like prime prime. This was, this was the good the good times, and honestly, this is one of this. I wouldn't say this is one of the best homicide ma- matches you could see. If this was your first exposure exposure to him. You could be like, I don't understand what was so special about the guy. Mm-hmm. This was fine. Like I didn't see any problems with it, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Homicide just got brought in as a part of a tag team when he was such a, a star in Ring of Honor. I mean, I mean, the stuff that I've, I've been watching it from Ring of Honor. I think we even covered a homicide match him and Joe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's just a, such a star in Ring of Honor and the matches he's having. And, I mean, he's having good matches here, too, just as part of the tag team. But I think he would have, like, an X Division run at some point. But otherwise, he didn't mm-hmm. really have much of a, 
a singles run, but no, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was fine. And I don't think, I think we're reaching the end of AMW soon. Maybe I think they try like a, a solo thing with Chris Harris or whatever the hell, but it doesn't really pan out, but we get, um, well, after the match, yeah, um, <laughs> homicide goes to give Gail Kim the gringo killer. I think it's what we're calling it at this point. Uh, but Petey Williams in to make the save your boy. And well, she, uh, he's looking after a Canadian. So that makes sense to me. That's there we fine. go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and then you guessed it. Jim Cornette comes out. <laughs> I did not. I knew you, you were watching don't, this. You're like, don't throw this on me now. This no, could no, use no, a no, sprinkle no, no. of Jim Cornette. Oh, howdy. And he just, he runs down LAX. You, uh, you, I don't remember what exactly he said, but yeah, you're in America. Basically what he's saying. Uh, he was saying, he was saying, uh, uh, um, the, 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 the fans don't care for you and burning the flags, veteran veterans watching the show. Like he was Uh going all out with the, with the American sentimentality here, everything that a good red blooded American could get behind. He was just like bashing it in, you know, USA. good old Jim standing up for values. Good As he often values. does. As we know him As, for. Yes. It's, his, it's the essence of his brand even today. <laughs> well, uh, he doesn't like these Mexicans in particular, so he strips them <laughs> of the titles because... Fuck them, I guess. I guess if you Kyle, try to burn a flag, then you get the title stripped. Yes. Why didn't they just have them lo- lose the titles? Why didn't they just lose the titles in the in the match? Well, it's even better because he's not stripping them right now. You got. I'm gonna strip you in five days. Okay. Isn't this, <laughs> now this is where you're like, oh, Vince Russo. Tune in to Impact next week when I strip you. Like, why not just take the titles? Like, what are they gonna? What if they, they hit the just to have them hit the bricks? Like if they if they're oh I'm stripped of the titles but I'm hanging on to them I'm not coming back. Or at the very I'll, least sell them on eBay or something. You know. And there you go. I I'm hitting the bricks. I'm out of here. And it, like this finishing angle was garbage, and you could and and the audience turned on them too. The audience completely turned on 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 Cornette as he was uh, as he was doing this promo because everyone can saw this as bullshit. There's no other way to. To, to 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 call it right. have them drop the titles in the match strip them but then we're going to take the titles away in five days you're like what the hell <laughs> none of this makes sense but there you go the vince russo right there right there mm-hmm. right then and there that's a vince russo angle right there yeah i think people were i mean like lax was a hot act at this point and even if people are booing them during the match like people are behind this team as far as like a good team to boo and they, yeah, they identif- good team. identify the yeah. talent that they have. So it's like, Oh, you're sure. I like them as champions kind of thing. So it's like, I don't know. And yeah, to your point, it's very Russo-y and the crowd wasn't into it. So absolutely not. We'll see what happens there. I'll keep you abreast of that. Um, <laughs> but oh, man, Russo, we're talking about Russo. Let's talk about Sting versus Abyss, shall we? The uh, <laughs> the NWA World Titles on the line. You got Sting, the champion, defending against Abyss. Of course, the winner of the Reverse Battle Royal Tournament. You seem like you have a lot of thoughts. Am I a bad person to have enjoyed this? <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Did you also enjoy Macho Man versus Crush at WrestleMania 10? 
No. Oh, well, <laughs> it just seemed like the same match to me. But <laughs> That's a good point. I, there was something just, just in, I don't know, wackily endearing about everything that was going on. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I... Cause, cause for real, like it has, it had all the elements for me to hate it, mm. you know, for me to just like be, no, this is trash. And I can't say this was a great match either, but Kyle, I had fun <laughs> watching it. Well, that's all that matters at the end of the day, huh? Like I, I had fun it, and, and, you know, I went back, you know, and I looked at, you know, the observer at the time, how much it was rated and then, you know, a couple of dirt sheets and everyone hated it. You know, it's like, uh, Alvarez in the figure figure four uh, newsletter, he gave it a dud. Like he, you know, yeah. Everyone hated it. Can't but I'm, say I'm, I'm surprised. Look, like I'm looking at everything that's happening in this match. Like outside the finish, like I just this was just bonkers, you know. And as far and it, it, and it was as far as I had seen Sting do this kind of stuff as mm-hmm. well, you know, falling on tax and shit like that. You know, it's like I don't know. I. I because I know, like you said, you said it yourself, it has Vince Russo's fingerprints all mm-hmm. over it. And I'm like, am I a bad person? Because I Look, shouldn't I shouldn't like this. If it, But I did. From the TNA that I've watched doing this podcast, the running theme has been, it sucked, but I enjoyed it, is a th- kind of a thing. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's title run? Whew, oh, they were, all, they were all stupid. They were all stupid bullshit like this, but I loved every single match. And uh, it, I, I enjoyed this match, too. I mean, first of all, I should say, this is not a street fight. This is not extreme rules. This is not weapons wild. This is not a no disqualification match. Just a match. Uh, that being said, it's riddled with barbed wire and tacks and bats and tables. and But whatever. It's the world title. There's some leniency, I guess. It's referee's discretion. Referee's discretion. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> Until it isn't. But um, the match gets underway. Sting comes out, first of all. And what what do you think of his uh, his get up here? It's not the traditional sting garb. Um, I don't have any particular thoughts. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything that you could easily write. Yeah, you 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 won't find any wrestle buddies with this gear. <laughs> let's put it that way. Because you've looked right. Oh, oh, as you know, You're well known <laughs> wrestle buddies am- collector. Um, but Sting comes out. Or Abyss comes out first. Then Stink comes out, Pearl Harbor job to Abyss, underway right off the bat, quick start to this, they're brawling on the outside. I swear, I looked away for two seconds, and I look back, and there's barbed wire tables being stacked by the stage. Mm-hmm. Cool, mm-hmm. it's an Abyss match, yeah, it's, it should be expected, I suppose. Um, they fight back to the ring at some point, it's, it's, it's back and forth, it's fine. Uh, there's a rough bump which I don't know what the purpose of this was, but uh, this allows Sting to hit Abyss with the bat, hits him with the Scorpion Death Drop, but James Mitchell pulls the ref, so he can't make the count. And oh boy, this allows Abyss... Hey, he pulls him out in the funniest way possible. How'd he pull him right? out? He's like, he's fumbling with the ref. You know, he's like, he's trying to get him out, and the referee knows that it's his spot to roll out of the ring, so the referee's trying to right. position himself so he, uh, it is the... It's really, really funny. It's great. It's tremendous. <laughs> James Mitchell, he 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 was gonna do it by any means necessary. You gotta respect mm-hmm. it. Um, only to allow Abyss to uh, pull out a bag of tacks, 
which Sting gets his hands on, and Sting's the one that lays the tacks out in the middle of the ring. But by golly, he's hoisted by his own petard or whatever the hell. He gets chokeslammed, Sting does, into these tacks, which, I mean, he landed dead center of these tacks, shirtless. I mean, good on him. That couldn't have been a fun bump to take, but uh, Abyss makes the pin, and Sting... Kicks out at two and he does his ah, does the no sell sting stuff. Bad back is all busted open. He's pouring blood out of his bag. I mean, it is getting gnarly. Um, Scorpion death locks come into play. It's a lot of stuff like that. But then they fight to the outside, which is when the match really starts. The, the <laughs> what? Why is there a rappel, a rope or whatever the hell? Because he didn't come in on this. He didn't come from the ceiling. Did he? Does he just have Mike it on today. standby? All, you can always count on Mike Tenay, Kyle, in these situations the where he said, "This the professor." He says, "This is the repel." He mentioned the repel that Sting sometimes uses for his entrance. Said sometimes uses for his entrance, mm-hmm. probably like more like in WCW when he would actually do it. Just to harken us back, but that's mm-hmm. how they justified it. I don't think he's used it once in TNA. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> And I mean, look, okay, I guess. I mean, it's the same venue that they're always in. So theoretically. And and I mean, they, and they set it up, right? They set it up and it's like, hey, Sting, we got your, we got your repel. Uh, not tonight, fellas. And then, then, you know, and then the week after, Sting, we got all your, your entrance set up. Uh, not tonight, fellas. Mm. Then the week after, Sting, we got the repel set up. Uh, not tonight. Like it's his discretion. They're always, they always set it up. You know, right. it's on, it's on the, the, you know, it's on the tech sheet. You know, the, the ring crew have to set up the repel just in case thing wants it. But he never uses it. It's his, his own discretion. Right. And then as they were setting up for the show, they were like, hey, Sting, we got your repel for you. And Sting's like, no, nah, I don't. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, man, I think we might use this setter up. Be ready for when I give you the signal. So I should also say, and the impact before this, uh, Abyss hung up staying backstage like a, a piece of meat in Rocky and hit him with whatever the hell, just beating him up upside down. So the, ter- the turns have tabled here. Uh, Sting beats on Abyss on the outside and hog ties him by the ankles. With this rappel rope deal, he ties his ankles up and then he pulls the rope so Abyss is hanging upside down and then you know, connects it to the ring. So Abyss is just you know hanging there upside down and Sting hits him with the chair once, twice to the back and a third time to the face. And then he just lets him down. So all of that for three chair hey. shots? Hey. And and the and the absolute you know anxiety that accompanied watching Sting struggle to like j- tie up the tie up the cable and you're like he's gonna drop him on his neck he's gonna right. like this this guy's gonna oh. die isn't he you know but like the anxiety there was pretty was pretty high of course it didn't happen we knew no one died here no one got seriously injured but. When you see it, you're like, oh, my God, this could have gone so incredibly yeah. wrong. You know, there was no quick lock on in this case, which uh, <laughs> might be the way to go. Yeah, thankfully. In hindsight. But um, mm-hmm. hmm, 
But Abyss, well, he 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 gets hit with a chair a few times. But Sting pulls him down, unshackles him, brings him to the stage area where these barbed wire tables are set up. And uh, the ref is like, come on, Stinger. Like all the tacks and the bat and the the the, the hanging them like, you know, Crush was hung in WrestleMania 10. Like you've done a lot, but that's enough. That's my limit, Steve. Sting's like, listen, bud, whatever his name is. A toodles with you. He shoves the referee down on his on his backside and the ref has had enough. He DQs Sting, but Sting doesn't care. He shoves up this off the stage through the barbed wire tables. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching this because in hindsight, I'm like, OK, Abyss never got a TNA. He was never world champion. Abyss isn't going to win this. Oh, they won. He won by DQ, but he doesn't win the championship. Oh, contraire, because I guess it's a rule. I don't know if it's an NWA rule, if it's a TNA rule. You can lose the title by disqualification. So the world title is awarded to Abyss via DQ. Very interesting. <laughs> Turn of events. You can't touch a ref. You just can't. They, look, he endured, you know, uh, uh, chair shots and 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 tacks and barbed wire tables and all that. But you you can't. You shove the ref. That's it. You're done. Last Disqualified. Title to the other guy. Um, what a terrible, terrible finish <laughs> to this match. Like, there's you can't sugarcoat this. You, this is. This was really bad, and even myself, I was like, wait, what? You know? Uh, and, you know, you, you could have... Look, it would have been the same thing if, like, suddenly, you know, someone tosses... You know, someone tosses someone else over the third... Over the top rope, and then they call the match. Like, no, disqualified. You know, one of these old yeah. NWA rules from 1986, you know? It's like, you can't throw people over the top rope. You know, it's like, what? Okay. If they had done maybe just a little job to remind us of the the wacky rules, you know, because at this point yeah. in history, you know, it is by default in everyone's mind. You cannot lose a title by disqualification. Like in 2006, that's a it's it's like a common law. Everyone knows this. You know, you watched wrestling, you know this. Mm -hmm. They really could have they really could have like pulled out a few a few of the 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 odd rules out of this, but then it would have maybe given away the finish at the same bit, time. Yeah. Right. Cause then you're like, then you're expecting it. Then it's like, Oh, okay. Why are they talking about this now? This rule that we haven't spoken of in yeah. 26 years kind of thing. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what comes of this. I would venture a guess that maybe because Jim Cornette, he's going to be in a title stripping mood on impact. Let me tell you. So I think maybe like they like reverse the decision and then maybe like it's vacated and they have the reverse battle Royal to the, determine a new champion. I don't know, but it was very uh, surprising to see Abyss walk out as a world champion. Cause like I said, I don't remember him ever being world champion, but um, and, a bit of a sh and it's a terrible finish for a pay-per-view. Let's be honest for, for a, a pay-per-view match. I think it's really, it's a bad finish. I really don't, I, yeah. doesn't make sense to me. I do like Kill the visual. Crap. I do like the visual though of Abyss. He's still in the barbed wire. He's trembling, he's bleeding, and then he just gets handed the world title and he's like, oh, I'm the champion kind of deal. I don't know what this pantomime <laughs> was. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It, it's, it's the first of many uh, 
schmoz matches between the two. I think they have a a casket match of sorts where you have to like the casket repels into the ceiling. I don't know. Oh God, you're right. <laughs> that was the first time you're I remember right. a fire Russo chant. But yeah, more to come with that. Can't wait. Can't wait. But the main event is here, everybody. We got first time ever, Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. So this is uh, Kurt's first pay-per-view match and uh, debuting against Samoa Joe, a dream match, definitely at the time. Uh, match that many probably thought would never happen. And it was all started by you know the famous headbutt when Kurt debuted on Impact and shoot headbutted Samoa Joe, busted his nose open. And that's really the story. And that they just don't like each other. It's pretty much a story here, but the the, the vibes of this match were uh were palpable, I would say. It's tremendous. It was just a, I mean, big fight feel. And I mean, there's a this is awesome chant just at the initial lockup. So it was one of those matches. It was definitely a vibes match. I mean, I'm interested to, to hear how you thought this match was. Oh, I mean, look, this was this was tremendous, you know, and at the time I can only imagine like this was uh, this was right at the end of um, uh, of Kurt Angle's no compete. Right. Because he had he had been fired in August, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think something like uh, that in the summer. So like this was at the end of his no compete. Uh, Samoa Joe undefeated at this point in TNA mm-hmm. had not lost a single match. Uh, this had huge like, you know, they they were billing it as the match of the dream match of the decade. OK, yes, sure. But, you know, regardless, the. The hype was very natural around it. It was a big time match. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe was was tremendous. With uh, you know, and 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 indie stalwart at that point, everyone loved Joe. Kurt Angle leaving WWE. What are you talking about? That was huge and a tremendous get for mm-hmm. TNA. Like because there was no downfall at that point. You know, things weren't breaking apart on on Kurt Angle's body. Au contraire, he was yeah. You know, no, he was he still was red his, hot. Yeah, and he was pushing the limits of his body, if anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, uh, so yeah, yes, he had just been fired in August. I just re- double checked my notes here. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it, it, it was a tremendous match, and you could feel it, and you could understand it. Pro wrestling, in its simplest form, works so 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 well. Like you said, there wasn't much to the story. Right. These two guys don't don't like each other. Hey, that that's great. That works for me, especially when these two guys are intense and and brutal as these two guys oh, yeah. are. It's like, sure, I buy into this absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. And you you made the point that Joe's undefeated at this point, and Samoa Joe is like the hottest thing going in TNA as far as you know, homegrown quote unquote. And then Kurt Angle's <laughs> coming in red hot. I mean, he was the world champion going into this year's WrestleMania, so he's still got a lot of momentum behind him. And so it's like an immovable force, unmovable, whatever the hell it is, right? So it's like you really don't know who's going to win this one. Like, are they really going to have Samoa Joe no, lose really here? Because Samoa Joe hadn't lost at this point. It was like an unfathomable thing. But you also can't see Kurt Angle losing his pay-per-view debut. So um, just a really great setup for this one. And I mean, honestly, I don't know how long this match was. It definitely felt like they were setting, maybe setting up for a rematch, which I know they would eventually have. But still, I mean, they didn't hold back in this one. I mean, Angle is gushing blood. Pretty much from the beginning, I think he gets run into the oh stairs God. or something. Did we did we know that Kurt was such a was such a bleeder? Did we know this? 
But I'm I'm asking honestly because I I never remembered uh, Kurt Angle yeah. just like juicing like this. Like he skyrocketed up the Muda scale. Like it was it was ridiculous. I don't know, sticking blood thinners or whatever the hell that make them the squirt mean, there's, there's always a couple of aspirin, you know, something like that. Sure, yeah. could do that. Nobody. I mean, uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing he'd be putting in his body. Oh, shit, point. yeah. I don't know, man, but he's, yeah, to your point, he's he's gushing. It's just amping up the intensity of this, just on top of their natural intensity. I mean, there's, uh, you know, Joe, once Kurt is busted open, Joe kind of dominates for a bit, but Kurt comes back with the, the triple Germans. It was a very awkward third one, but I mean, he dumped Joe right on his head. He, yeah, he he can't get the full tilt on him. It's, but you know, like it's great because it's like, you know, he's covered in blood. He's exhausted. Oh, yeah. Joe is, Joe is not as big as he is today, but he's he's a husky man. You know, uh, me it adds to the realism of the thing. It's like, no, yeah. I can't perfectly do the third one because, you know, I'm. You, the, the the effort that I make that I'm expending here is ridiculous, right? The blood loss it's, and all that stuff. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, Joe hits a muscle buster for a two count, and then for a two count, right? And then it's, you're like, okay, yeah, it's anything can happen at this point. You and know? like finisher kickouts aren't as prominent of a thing in 2006 as they are today. So like to see him, you know, kick out is is a legitimately a, a crazy moment here. Um. It, it kind of progresses into some really good counter wrestling. Like you go, Kurt hits the angle slam, locks in the ankle lock. Um, but Smojo rolls over and pulls him into the choke. But then angle so grabs good. the ankle into the ankle. So it's it's very reminiscent of like his matches with Benoit and stuff like that, where it's just like seamless, you know, reversals and into submissions and things like that. Um, there's uh, you know, turnbuckle posts spots your shoulder uh joe goes for a shoulder block i believe and goes into the post and kurt hits the angle slam and then he's dripping in blood just the visual of him he pulls his straps back up and then pulls them back down he's so intense his veins are popping he's pink he's red i mean the crowd behind him is amped as hell the crowd the crowd is into it it's ridiculous and um because they, they, he, Joe had already spent a good amount of time in the ankle lock, but he got to the ropes earlier. But this time, Kurt locks in the grapevines, wraps his legs around Joe's leg, and just turns this ankle lock in. Blood is gushing, and Joe, Samoa Joe, taps out, being defeated for the first time in his run in TNA. For 17 months, he was undefeated, and it comes to an mm-hmm. end here. In a uh, just an intense match, just a really fun match, and it, it felt like a main event, felt like a big fight, and uh, I don't know. I thought they nailed it here. Um, I and it, the, you were asking the match like it's about thirteen minutes. The match is about thirteen minutes, right? And it's crazy. You're like, uh, but okay. Well, I, I I thought it was super intense. I loved it. You know, we all know wrestling is 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 fake, but wrestling is excuse me wow how dare you predetermined predetermined but when 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 wrestlers are able to make it feel real that's when the magic happens that's when it's great and you really did feel like mm-hmm. both these guys were on the same level that they both hated each other that they wanted to to destroy each other and it just came across like that and angle i thought worked wonderfully here joe is great you had all the the, the elements here from what i understand 
the guys finished the match early. Like, they wrapped it up early. There were several minutes left to pay-per-view time. So, for some reason, they wrapped it up quicker than it should have been. And I think, I like, I don't know. I don't know why, but... Uh, huh. but that's 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 what I gather historically is that everyone everyone backstage was kind of surprised because that they just ended it at 13 minutes. It was supposed to be longer. Mm-hmm. Like apparently they were even telling the producers, you know, they wanted to do like real big entrances and you know have you know have a big fight feel start. And both Joe and Angle were like, no, 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 no. Let's cut the shit because we want to wrestle as much as possible. Yeah. And yet they 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 wrapped it up early, so the the mystery is still the mystery is still there to this day. Um, but yeah, look, that it ends the streak, like you said. They'd have uh, they'd have a rematch at Turning Point in December. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and then they'd have another match at Lockdown. Like, look, Joe and, and Kurt Angle is one of the seminal feuds of TNA. Oh right? yeah, it's like one of these. It, it, it's just one of these. You can always uh, go back to era it kind defining. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh no I mean look this was this was tremendous stuff. Um a lot of people said that it was the greatest match in TNA history. I still think that it's uh AJ Styles and Mojo and Christopher Daniels from yeah. TNA Unbreakable 2005. Uh, 2005. Yeah, 2005. I mean yeah, Samoa Joe. I mean I wouldn't even say this is Samoa <laughs> Joe's best match in TNA. Um No, I don't think so either. And but and and I think I, like don't get me wrong I think that I thought this match was tremendous like mm-hmm. this was right up my alley I was like I was cheering for it maybe the fact that it ended really short it was like oh oh okay. yeah you know kind of thing but then everything was short on this card too you know that's other that's something else it's like like for all of the goofing around we're doing it's a breezy card to watch like what two and a half hours you're done yeah so, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, it's really not that long of a, a, of a card to consume and everything, you know, the bad stuff just whisks by and the good stuff is, oh, all right, the nice palate cleansers and a great main event. Like, it is an excellent, top-notch main event. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I thought the main event was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, so... I'll ask you this. Do you think today, like watching this with 2023 eyes, do you think we're just today so conditioned for like these epic matches with like all the finisher kickouts, like all of the crazy false finishes and like the, the, the stretches towards the end of the match. Whereas this one kind of felt like just more of a straightforward match. That was very good. But I feel like maybe we're just more used to just see like finish your kickouts. I think that's a big thing of it or just like big time moves, more false finishes just overall. Do you think it's just a different time? Maybe I look, I, I thought this was, this made perfect sense in the context of this show. If that makes sense. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and I was like, look, okay. So maybe, maybe, I, maybe at the time this was like perfect. And it was, you know, I, myself, I, I, the match ended and was like, oh, I could have got a little more. Yes. Yeah. I feel like they were that they could have hit another gear. Right. Because um, what you're saying at the same time is not entirely wrong as well. Uh, you know, there's you you can feel in these big matches like that. You can feel like three acts in every one of these right. big matches, like you mentioned. Right. You know, you got the opening stretch where things start settling. Then in the second act, it's sort of, oh, you get a heat segment, a couple of comeback spots. And then the third act, the third act starts to kick in when the big comeback begins. 
then you start getting the fall the the, the false finishes the big you know that's mm-hmm. when and that's where the drama really starts to to crescendo um so maybe it's maybe it's just a question of watching this as opposed to modern sensibilities where you're expecting something else you get this like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not hating on it absolutely not i was just surprised that oh shit 13 minutes for this right. match of the decade you know this dream match of the decade no one could bill a dream match of the decade in 2023 and say guys wrap it up in 12 right. minutes no and i mean and be like what you know we and it's not even a question of we'd feel cheated out of it because we want our money's worth. It's just like, mm-hmm. what a weird, if this is such a, a an epic match, why are we, why are we wrapping it up, you know, at like just in time for Big Bang Theory? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of in a, in a way it's a good thing to set the precedent that a match can just end at any time. Like I think, you know, Oh, it's a main event of a pay-per-view. Sure. It'll go at least 20 minutes. So maybe some people don't even like pay attention for the first 10 minutes or whatever. Whereas this one, it felt a little bit more urgent, perhaps maybe it was more of a sprint. Maybe they just skipped that first act and just went right into the intensity. But uh, at the same time, they also set up for a rematch. I mean, after the match, they do the deal where Joe grabs the mic and he's like, Hey angle. If you're, I mean, tonight you were the better man. But if you're half the man you think you are, you'll give me a rematch. And then Angle just fakes him out, doesn't shake his hands, says, fuck you, hit the bricks, pal, Rolls and he leaves. Off. So yeah. weird, weird kind of thing. But I guess it, because, but then Joe, after Angle leaves, Joe's like, well, Kurt, I guess we got to do this the hard way, which sets up kind of intrigue going forward. So like, at first I was like, that's kind of dumb. Why are we do- doing this with Kurt? But it, again, it just sets up like what's going to happen next. So I didn't hate it as the show ended, but. <laughs> Oh, yeah. no, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. I, I you know, if anything, like, the, yeah, I feel like th- both of these guys could have gone longer is, mm-hmm. I guess, is the is the point as well. You know, it's like, you know, these guys could have gone longer and could have just like extracted every second out of it for just something truly tremendous. But, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and but I guess here's the thing. Is this a quibble? Is this a, is this a legitimate quibble? The WWE guy comes in and pins one of the TNA guys, mm. you know, one of the top TNA guys on top of that. A, a super protected guy is does the message does the message you throw to the, your audience is, well, our guys can't handle the mm. guys from the from the big leagues. You know, is that the message that you're throwing that you're sending out here? Yeah, I mean, in hindsight. Like, I- I mean, in hindsight, Kurt would spend more time in TNA than WWE. So in hindsight, it's easy to say, oh, well, Kurt is a TNA guy, so it doesn't matter. But I I understand your point. I I don't disagree. Out the gate, you know, like this is the thing is like you bring the guy in and it's like immediately it's it's like he's not pinning Christopher Daniels. He's pinning Samoa Joe undefeated, super protected Samoa Joe. Right. And Mm -hmm. he's the guy who does it. You are like. Isn't that interesting? That would make for some nifty discourse in 2023. I'll I'll throw another element here. So this is not Kurt's first TNA match. He had his debut match on Impact the week before. Who did he beat? Abyss. The new world champion. The TNA guy. Made him tap out. Clean. Abyss. The monster. The guy who who went through barbed wire. So, 
yeah, I think there's a lot of credence to that. But at the same time, they got Kurt Angle. I mean, he's red hot. Just what give him everything. Do? He's no, fucking Kurt Angle. And Joe would get his win back. I don't know if it was the rematch. I don't know if Joe won the rematch at Turning Point. I know Joe would win at Lockdown. So, you know, it's back and forth kind of. No, deal, no. So. Like I said, is it really that much of a quibble when you see, you know, because we do have the benefit of, of of history to just go, eh, well, ultimately it was all right, you know, because this, this and that. And mm-hmm. Joe's career didn't suffer for it. Like, no, it's not as if yeah. Joe was, you know, uh, was uh, jettisoned to oblivion or anything. He, he look, look at him today. It's like pretty bulletproof. Yeah. So, um, so like, you know, it, I, you know, just looking at it, thinking about it after I was like, okay, it's, it's a little weird, but they were able to squeeze so much good stuff out of this mm-hmm. feud. Like we said, it's a seminal feud for in the history of TNA impact. So, yeah. No, yeah, great stuff. Um, a first of many between these two, but uh, that brings Genesis 06 to a close. Any other overall thoughts on the show? Any anything we missed that you want to touch on? Um, kind of like I said, you know, like it's a two and a half hours, easy breezy. Not everything is great on it, like the you know. But I feel like even the the bad stuff doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, you know, you're not getting like. You know, VKM, Voodoo Kin Mafia, <laughs> and uh, the other dudes. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, the it's a sub five minute match. So you're not even sitting through like if you were sitting through 13 minutes of the New Age Outlaws getting, <laughs> you know, beaten up by Johnny Devine. You're like, you know, mm. what are we doing here? You know, but everything sort of flows pretty quickly. Nothing overstays its welcome. Uh, but you can already feel like the tide's starting to turn. You can start mm-hmm. to feel the Vince Russo influence here. You can start feeling you know, everything here. Everything that, like, like I mentioned at the start of the show, everything that TNA was really good at at the time shines in this pay-per-view. Mm. And the things that they weren't so good at or tried to copy or you can then you're like, ah, oh, this shit stinks. Yeah, like, it, it, it's really bad. But uh, no, listen, I, it, I, I think everyone should watch this main event. I think it's a seminal part of of TNA history. I think it's a, a, a an important part of, of wrestling history of the 2000s of the aughts. I think it's very I, I think it's an important part of it. Uh, Kurt Angle was like you said, red hot. Like it's not even, he didn't have time to cool down in WWE. They just no. got rid of him, you know? Uh, so he was, he, he, he was just good to go and everyone was excited to see what he's going to do next. Uh, there was a lot of hope into this as well that finally like, okay, we've got ourselves our red hot guy from the other company. This is the turning point where TNA takes over everything. It's the next paper you actually work out. What's that? That's the next pay-per-view, actually. The turning point. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> this maybe this is the genesis of that turning point, though. Would it's you say? the genesis of the turning point. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank, this is your show after all. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my show, but your show, the Mr. Warren Hayes program, is also a show. It's also it's it's a seminal feud for me in some ways. Uh, in some ways. <laughs> Well, once again, thank you, Warren, for uh, checking out the show, coming on to discuss it. Where can everybody find you and all the goodness that you bring to the world? 
Well, thank you so much for having me on, Kyle. Uh, it was a pleasure. It had been a while since we had the chance to really Too long. talk one-on-one. So it had been a while. So thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, and if you want more of this, it's uh, it happens on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, where I record the Mr. Warren Hayes Show podcast, where I we break down the week in wrestling analysis, thoughts, opinions, previews, reviews, so on and so forth. Every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, the, and the, uh, the 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 video on demand or the podcast is available the next day mm. uh, on Wednesdays on YouTube and on your favorite uh, podcast application as well. I also do individual reviews for Dynamite and Collision every Thursday and Sunday as well. So pop on in; it's a good time. And if uh, the bouncers have let you in, you can find me on Blue Sky at Mr. Warren Hayes as well. You don't want to be in there. It's a rowdy bunch in there. They bully me Not inside that, that Discord. Not that rowdy. Get rowdy? Okay, <laughs> quick. Ron Killings. Oh, God. You remember that team? Yep, I do. What are your thoughts on K Quick? Uh, well, you say you remember. Yeah, I like. I don't have fond memories. They're, they're my thoughts. I don't have any fond memories. It's just like, oh, this is a thing that happened in pro wrestling. You know, kind of like the naturals. <laughs> which natural? Kicking each other in the back. Which natural do you prefer? Gun to my head. <laughs> pull the trigger. I have to pick. <laughs> yeah, gun to my head. Ah, pull the trigger. <laughs> I don't want to pick. Once again, thank you to War Daddy from the Mr. Warren Hayes show for joining me on this lovely, lovely episode. Always a good time with Warren, like I mentioned in the outset. Uh, follow Warren. All of his info in the description below. He's no longer on the X because he's a smart, smart boy. But go follow him on Instagram. Join the Discord. You know, subscribe to his YouTube. Kiss him on the cheek. Slap him on the ass. Do all of those things. Do the same for me. Add Apron Bump. You know the deal. I'll, um, you know the deal. You, you've been here before, right? Um, I think that's all Daddy has for you today. I think. We, 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 genis- we genocized, huh? Genesis, we, we, we Genesis Geneva Convention. I don't know. Thank you guys so much for, (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening. Love you all. Godspeed. Farewell. Y'all come back now. I'm hard. Yeah. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I guess let's get started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me.